Hello dear listener and welcome to Owning It the Anxiety podcast with me, your host and author of the three books on which this podcast was first inspired, Caroline Foran. Before we get into today's very special episode, I wanted to let you know that I've started a Substack and that is where I'll be sharing all of my writing with of course a huge focus on anxiety. So if you want a little bit more than you get here with the podcast, you can subscribe at the link in the podcast notes or by going directly to carolineforn.substack.com. And I really, really hope you will join me over there. Now, this week's episode is all about travel anxiety, something I have plenty of experience in dealing with. Even the word travel used to just make me shudder, but thankfully not anymore. This episode is made possible by British Airways Holidays, who upon learning that 50% of UK adults do not take their annual leave allocation, are on a mission, and rightly so, to make everyone take their holidays a little bit more seriously. There is so much more to taking a holiday than a pina colada by the pool, but I won't lie, that in itself is right now enough of a draw for me. In this solo episode, so it's just me, for which I'm so thrilled to have partnered with British Airways Holidays, I'm going to talk about my experience with travel anxiety, what held me back and what eventually helped me take that leap and open myself up to a world of experiences, which in itself has had a hugely positive impact on my anxiety. I'll be talking about the mental health benefits of booking that British Airways holiday, the psychology around travel anxiety, and sharing practical ways to make your own travel experience one that is free from stress. So travel is not something I've spoken about too much, and it definitely deserves its own episode. There was a time when the prospect of being somewhere other than home just terrified me. No amount of beautiful sky or white sandy beach imagery could make me feel at ease. And I felt not only anxious about the travel itself, but also anxious about the fact that something that people seemed to love so much, something people couldn't wait to get to do on their own, was something that made me feel this unsteady. First, let me clarify that there are two ways in which travel anxiety can affect a person. It might be what experts call acute anxiety, and that's when you struggle with a specific phobia or fear of flying or of eating unfamiliar food or something tangible like that. They want to travel perhaps, but there are specific things associated with getting there that send their stress response into fight or flight mode. Then there's a more generalized anxiety, which is what I have always struggled with. So I don't actually have a fear of flying or anything like that. In fact, I find flying quite relaxing as long as I'm booked with a super reliable and trustworthy provider such as British Airways Holidays. My fear was more about being out of my comfort zone and being away from my actual home, which for me was where I had to be or where I thought I had to be in order for my anxiety to feel manageable. The thing about anxiety, though, is that it plays tricks on us, and we've learned that so far in this series. It makes us think that we're facing threats that aren't actually there. It makes us think that what's unfamiliar should be treated with caution. But that's because when we were back in hunter-gatherer times, when our brains were doing the bulk of the evolving that we've, we've gotten to now, the things that were unknown to us were supposed to give us anxiety in case they were things that could put us in harm's way. We were supposed to be hesitant to try a new food, for example, or something that we'd never seen before because we couldn't know for sure if what we were eating might be poisonous. Unfortunately, fast forward to today and we're still dealing with much the same brain. And while we no longer face the same risks to our survival, our brain's are still reacting to threats that are even just perceived as something we need to go into fight or flight mode for. And our brains still have to learn that things that are unfamiliar to us today are not necessarily things we need to be scared of. 
This is why I felt safer at home and I didn't understand any of what I'm saying here at the time. I felt that I would be in a state of anxiety neutral at home because everything there was familiar, everything was within my point of everyday reference, but this was such a limited way to live. Yes, I would maybe feel like I was in control of my anxiety, but really it was controlling me. I remember feeling so sad and so kind of stupid that all of my friends were racing towards the finish line of school or university so they could hop on that flight and venture off to Southeast Asia or drive across the United States of America or do a J1. Meanwhile, I was struggling to hop on a bus that would take me to the other side of my own hometown. My anxiety had me believe that my sense of calmness and well-being was tied to the physical place of my home, when actually it was within me myself that the turmoil swirled. It didn't really matter where I was, but it took me quite a while to learn this. I had convinced myself that travel would only exacerbate my anxiety, that I would feel unsure, unsafe, unfamiliar, when they were feelings I was already feeling, even sitting on my sofa at home. Travel was never the problem. In fact, it would soon turn out to be part of the solution, but I didn't understand anywhere near as much as I do about anxiety now at that time. I was so in the dark and that was such a huge part of the problem. I was also in complete denial. I remember feeling this massive pressure to join my friends on a J1 holiday because I hadn't yet confronted the anxiety I was dealing with and I felt embarrassed and ashamed to say what I was really feeling. So I booked along to try my best to seem, in quotation marks, normal. And then I started to feel really unwell and I backed out of it, which at the time was probably the right thing for me to do. And I stayed at home, not experiencing anything other than the four walls of my house. And did my anxiety improve because I opted out? No, it just grew and grew. I truly believe, and I say this all the time on this podcast, had I known then what I know now about anxiety and how to manage it and understand it, I would never have struggled to the extent that I did and I would never have missed out on the kinds of formative life experiences that everyone deserves to have, that travel can give you. One of the best trips I took at that age was one to New York City. I had a friend who struggled with anxiety a lot like me and she didn't want to go too far away for too long or spend the entire summer in a frat house in California. So we decided to tailor our own kind of trip. And this was like the first time I realized that maybe I can decide what's right for me. One that at the time we felt comfortable with. So we booked this amazing apartment in Brooklyn and we worked our arses off in advance of going so we'd have heaps of spending money to go nuts in the shops because we were big into our clothes and there were so many brands at the time that you couldn't get at home. And we did everything at our own pace. We ate amazing food. We ate in, we found places that we loved and like went to them several times. We just did it in our own way. And it was my first real dip into travel without the comfort of being with my family. Although my mother did join us for a few days in the middle because she cannot resist a trip to New York City and she figured she was getting free accommodation. And I remember initially feeling a little bit more at ease knowing that she was going to be there because not only my house has felt like my comfort zone, but my mother has felt like my comfort zone, like I've always felt like I could do anything as long as long as she was with me. But, but when she got there, I realized I had been doing really well and maybe I didn't need that life raft after all. So at the time, I still had a lot of work to do with my anxiety in general, but this trip was the start of me thinking, okay, maybe I can do this. And not only can I do it, maybe I can enjoy it and then come home feeling so much more confident. Thankfully, and I won't go into every detail here because I would keep you all day, 
I eventually got around to unpacking that really big anxiety, which I've chronicled throughout this series since the very beginning. And when I understood a bit more about what was making me anxious and what I need to put in place to feel comfortable, travel was something I was then able to consider. Now, don't get me wrong. I thought that traveling meant I had to drag myself through the Amazon jungle with a backpack and sleep like out in the open with a blanket of tarantulas to keep me warm. I soon learned that it wasn't my anxiety keeping me from doing those kinds of trips, but the fact that I just have no interest. It's just not me. The question I learned to ask myself was, if you felt no anxiety at all, would you still want to do this? And if the answer was hell no, then I knew it was my personality talking and not the anxiety. And if it was my personality talking, it was something I should honour. I learned that if I keep pushing myself to try and be someone I'm not and try and fit into a mold that I don't fit into or try to subscribe to the kinds of holidays that I just wouldn't enjoy and do things that don't suit me, I will only end up creating more anxiety. So it wasn't long before I realised that if I'm going to travel and see the world, there is a certain level of comfort that I am not willing to negotiate on. So saving up a few extra pennies so I can have a comfortable bed or book a more pleasant flight path with an airline such as British Airways who endeavour to make your journey as comfortable and enjoyable as possible, that is something I will always factor in. Once I have my comfort boxes ticked, I am far more likely to be willing to then expand my comfort zone. And this is what I describe in my second book in the confidence kit as a stretch zone experience. So you're stepping outside of your comfort zone in a way that you feel you are still somewhat in control. You're having a look, you're having a little taster, and then you bring what you learn back to your comfort zone. And then the walls of your comfort zone or what was your comfort zone expands to include your new experiences. And this is how you build confidence and resilience and how you diminish your fear and anxiety around the thing that you're afraid of. So this is me pushing myself outside of my comfort zone in a way that doesn't throw me entirely out of whack. The important thing with travel is that you should enjoy it. And if it's something that doesn't sound enjoyable to you, you do not have to do it. Let me give you permission right now. You do not have to subscribe to some TikTok version of travel if it's not your thing. So just start with that. Honouring who you really are and what your idea of a nice holiday or travel experience looks like is key to quelling some of the natural travel anxiety we're bound to feel. When I met my now husband, then boyfriend, my anxiety was unfortunately at its peak and I could not have been luckier to have met someone who made such an effort to understand my experience despite never having experienced it himself. I remember trying so hard at the time to push him away because I was afraid that I would hold him back. I was like, go travel the world, be with someone who's, you know, really easy breezy and cool as a cucumber. And I just didn't know if I would ever have the confidence to opt for anything more exotic. And I didn't want to deny him of that. But he kept reminding me, and this was just, I guess when I realized he was the one that he was like, let me love you. Like, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Stop pushing me away. We will get there in our own time. We will travel the way we want to travel when we're ready. And we will have the kinds of experiences that I had missed out on and the ones that I still wanted to have. He believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. One of the biggest pieces of work I had to do with my anxiety was learning that my sense of comfort needed not to be tied to a place, but actually just within me myself. And although I was afraid to depend on someone, my safe space also became with my boyfriend, who is now my husband. Once we factored in the things that made me feel at ease and I knew that I could handle whatever wobbles came my way, I realized that actually then I could be anywhere in the world with him. First, we did holidays not so far from home, like Spain or Croatia, 
But when we got married, we decided we want to throw our net a little further afield because he had never been to Asia. I certainly had never gone that far. And we decided to go to Thailand. I was admittedly quite nervous about how I would feel being so geographically far from home and how I would manage with what at the time was a very anxious tummy. Well, let me tell you, once I got there, any and all anxiety dissolved. The thing that I was anticipating was now here. The the thing I was worried about had come to pass and I was still standing. Not only did I have the time of my life, I felt charged with this energy by being somewhere new and my tummy, it had never felt better. I kept saying every day, oh my God, like how is it that I feel my best over here? And how wrong was I to believe that I could only feel good at home? Honestly, it was incredible and my confidence only grew and grew. It also had a massive positive impact on my relationship because I no longer felt as though I was holding my partner back and I felt as enthusiastic as he did and he felt excited. And he was also very willing and he also realized that he was a comfort person himself that we tick our comfort boxes for each other along the way. I suddenly realized that there was obviously this whole world out there for me to experience in a way that I feel comfortable with. And if I did feel anxious while I was abroad, I would handle it in the exact same way I had learned to handle it at home. But I never did. I felt wonderful. As I mentioned earlier, what was unfamiliar became familiar. And once I was exposed to these things and these new environments, my brain learned that it could relax a bit and go back to a state of equilibrium. What's really amazing is that my brain would then remember this for the next time. And that is what's so brilliant about your brain if you only give it the chance. It will learn that next time when it sees this same scenario, whether when you're in the airport, whether you're getting on a flight or you're going to somewhere you've never been, it remembers, hang on, we did this before and we were okay. It doesn't need to be as worried. But it can never know not to worry until it sees for itself that actually all is well. I mean, this stuff just blows my mind. I don't know about you. So I came home from that Thailand trip eager to book our next holiday. Each new experience just edged me further and further away from that dark place that I had spent far too long. And I no longer felt bad about all that I'd missed out on because with travel, it's really never too late. So we decided to go to Japan for the Rugby World Cup. This time I had no nerves at all. My brain was like, yep, we've been there, done that. We know what to expect. I hardly recognized myself with how at ease I was. We booked nice hotels. We hopped around several cities and I had another once in a lifetime experience. I was just so proud of myself that I had learned to take that step and that I had given myself the permission to take that step with a certain level of comfort involved, which is where the likes of British Airways holidays comes in. Shortly after our Japan trip, almost immediately after, we got pregnant. And with the baby, which soon turns into a toddler, travel can take on a very different look. Now, at this stage, travel wasn't so much about me expanding my comfort zone or testing my own anxiety or helping to address it, but more so about us really needing a break and to take time to recharge and use our holiday days to fill our tank and capture memorable moments with our little boy. The anxiety around travel became less about me and more about how in the hell we would do it with a toddler. Now it was about the practicalities and how to mitigate any avoidable stresses that might crop up. While traveling with kids brings some stress, it's still so important to us as a family that we take that trip each year. 
It's good for our mental health to experience a change of scenery and a change of pace. It gives us uninterrupted time as a family, which is so important. And it gives our minds a chance to wander, which for me as a self-employed creative person is so key because it's here that I will come up with my best ideas and I will always come home buzzing with ideas to put into action. Importantly as well, it also gives our little boy, Kaylin a chance to experience new things from a young age and get comfortable in new and different environments and trying different things. And hopefully, my hope is that he won't have to go through what I went through and we will set him up for a lifetime of positive traveling experiences. Now, as a family, there are certain things I do to reduce pre and mid travel anxiety. I will always book things like fast track or priority at the airport. It's really only a few quid and it's worth its weight in gold. I will always write a list of everything I could possibly need and I will probably bring too much, but I will book extra baggage to ease my mind. I'll book our seats together and ideally I'll book them near the front or the back of the airplane so we're on and off the flight really quickly. I'll book with the likes of British Airways holidays because they are known for their excellent customer care. I will buy a batch of small toys. Last year I bought a box of mini colourful airplanes that will go in my carry-on that my son has never seen before and I will only take them out when we're on the plane and that will, and it has been successful, keep him entertained for the flight duration. I will book the flight at a time that, if possible, does not disrupt his night's sleep because travelling with a toddler can be tricky enough without them being sleep deprived. I will pay a little bit extra whatever it may be, for the peace of mind because booking with the wrong airline will wind up costing you more in stress. How you start out your travel experience can really set the tone for the holiday itself and you want to get there as rested and energized as possible, hopefully having not just survived but really enjoyed your travel experience. With British Airways holidays, this is a given. So once you're organized and you have the practicality sorted, traveling with kids becomes a lot more fun. Sure, you might be eating more spaghetti bolognese than you'd ever intended, whatever country in the world you find yourself, but you learn to temper your expectations and reframe what travel looked like before versus after kids. And once you get there, you just really enjoy where you're at and you meet yourself and your family where you're at at that point in life. British Airways holidays are on a mission to get people taking their holidays, as I mentioned before. They did some really interesting research and found out that a staggering 50% of British workers don't take their full allocation of annual leave. And when we do take our holidays, even if we do, 46 of us end up 46% of us end up working while away and 48% check our emails on a regular basis. Now, I am guilty of this myself. I have made an effort to certainly step away from my social media while I'm away. But sometimes the way we live our life now, it can just feel like more manageable to check in. To be honest, for this reason, I'm not surprised with these statistics. I'm not surprised at all. Somewhere along the way, we lost ourselves when we thought that we had to live to work and not work to live. And I'm hoping with these kinds of conversations and the podcast in general and all of the mental health discussions we're having these days, that the tide is turning on that and we're starting to realise, hold on, we can tip it back in favour of working to live and not living to work. People are under massive pressure these days, financial pressure with cost of living crisis, everything going on. They have no choice but to get through their task list. And sometimes it feels too hard to take your foot off the gas only to return to an even bigger plate of demands. The thing is though, the more you work, the more the work will find you. That is the myth of productivity. You never get everything done, it just keeps coming. The more efficient you think you'll be, the more space you'll create to do more work. I recorded recently a really interesting episode with Oliver Berkman. He's the author of 4,000 Weeks. It is one of the best books I've ever read. 
And when you finished here, I just implore you to give that episode a listen because he explains so wonderfully how we're all kind of fooled into believing that the more we work, the more productive we will be. If anything, we'll encourage you to stick a pin in the pressure bubble and book with British Airways holidays. It's learning that we are, on average, only going to ever have about 4,000 weeks of life. Do you want to spend them all working? I'm guessing that's a no. We've become so obsessed with productivity, we now see rest sometimes as an inconvenience, but rest is productive in itself. Like I said, I come away from a break with more ideas to put into action. Your brain, while you are resting, is not only learning that it need never be anxious about this scenario again, but it's also figuring out complex problems behind the scenes, even when you're not aware. Meaning that when you do return to work, you'll find yourself far more capable of untangling issues or problems and achieving the results that you so desire. And rest is not something that you have to earn or feel guilty about, though many of us do. It is your right and it's a necessity if you want to stay healthy both mentally and physically. So take your annual leave. That is what it's there for. Don't give yourself over entirely to work. And if you are so work obsessed, just know that booking that holiday will only enhance your work in the long run. Most importantly, decide what travel looks like for you. It has to be your idea of self-care with the emphasis on the word self. Think about what fills your cup and not what should fill your cup or what would look good on social media. I am, without a doubt, a beach and pool kind of person. I'm quite lazy when I'm away, while my in-laws, for example, are really adventurous. They're really avid hill walkers. So, you know, for obvious reasons, we don't tend to team up for trips away. Although, now that we have our son, I will be hoping to loop them in on our next holiday and that's okay before I became a parent travel was starting to become more about exploration but right now while we're in the thick of these younger years with our son they're about switching off and getting some sun and getting some time together and yes there are mood boosting benefits to being in nice warm weather but if sitting in the sun isn't your idea of a good time then it becomes counterproductive so you have to think about the kinds of travel experiences that would downregulate your stress response whatever they may be especially if you've been working like crazy. Thankfully, British Airways Holidays offers a whole range of travel experiences from the more relaxing, sun-soaked options to the more exciting and more adventurous. So whether you're back where I was feeling when my anxiety was at its worst and the mere idea of travel is making you feel on edge or you're really familiar with travel and you're looking for a stress-free getaway with your family or a chance to just close all the tabs in your ever-busy mind, you need look no further. British Airways holidays are making it so much easier to enjoy your holidays without the stress. All of their holidays are at all protected. They offer a 24-hour helpline, 24 hours, should you need them when you're away, night or day, and allow you to book with a low deposit and flexible payment. You can even use Avios points towards your holiday as well. Plus, all of their holidays include 23 kilogram baggage allowance per person, so there's no surprises when you book. 23 kilogram baggage, I never thought I would need it until I became a parent. So that's it guys, that's my experience, that is my my tips. What I hope you will take from this is that if, if travel is something that is giving you anxiety, it might actually be part of the solution and the key to unlocking some of that fear. Thank you so much for listening to this very special of episode. Thank you so much for listening to this very special episode of Owning It. Thank you so much to British Airways Holidays for being my partner on this episode. And if this has inspired you to take your holidays a little bit more seriously, I hope it has, you can head to ba.com forward slash holidays. That's ba.com forward slash holidays. Take care and have a great trip. Just a reminder again to join me over on Substack at Caroline Foran 
www.substack.com where you can access all of my writing. I'll be sharing a weekly article that will go straight to your inbox very often with an anxiety theme. And if you're finding this series helpful, I would so appreciate if you hopped on over, on over to Acast Plus where I have Owning It Real Time, which is my real-time anxiety intervention that can help you move through anxiety as and when it's happening especially if you find yourself anxious in the likes of an airport or on a flight I know that will be super helpful to have in your back pocket the link for this will also be in the show notes thanks so much The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access a full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.